Well, this morning, as far as our study of Elijah is concerned, we start to shift some gears. The last couple of sermons, we've been dealing with how God nurtured Elijah privately. And how God was able to use His creation to uh, describe to Elijah what he needed to know in his emotions, and his heart, in his mind. And how he was able to speak effectively to those that he was a part of in the inching toward his public ministry. We're reminded how God used the raven and other commodities of his creation to supernaturally lead Elijah. And it was supernatural, but not over in the abundance of the supernatural. In other words, Elijah was not intimidated of how God uh, nurtured him for his respective ministry. He was a young guy, about 23, 25 years of age at this time. Some would say younger, and I tend to support that as think of some of the studies that we've engaged in over the years. But nonetheless, we find ourselves today in Elijah's public ministry. I want to ask you a question this morning. Do you think God's nurture of Elijah was enough for his public ministry? Or do you think there were other things that uh, Elijah had to grasp as he considered his public ministry in the need of God's presence and God's voice and God's undergirding as he was involved with the culture of Israel? What about your particular private experience with the Lord? Are you in church this morning with confidence of God's presence that what He's told you privately over several months or over several years is enough for the ministries that God has chosen for you? Think about it. When you think of Elijah's entrance into public ministry, it is pretty tough. Ahab was killing the prophets of God. When he stopped killing these prophets of God, Jezebel took over. He was very angry with what was happening. In fact, we'll get into that in a few moments. But a lot of pressure, a lot of issues as it relates to the king giving leadership to this particular nation. When you are in leadership as a dad or as a mom or as a school teacher, a professor, a person who pumps gas, a person who's got to make decisions concerning the medical health of a person, it's a lonely business. It's not always easy. There's always challenges with that particular expectations and demand upon uh, leadership. Is God witnessing to your heart by the presence of the Holy Spirit telling you even in this particular setting, in spite of the conditions that are apparent in our culture these days, that God has nurtured you enough and that you can engage in a public ministry? 
How does that ultimately work as it relates to the ministry of our church in terms of God's private nurture of us as a church in preparation for our public ministry? You go to the stories of Revelation chapters 2 and 3, we look at those seven churches. How there was some error in those seven churches, but God by His Spirit was able to use these particular churches to give us a witness of His abiding presence where we see that in our private relationships in church, it's enough to have a lot of content and deliverance, a sense of well-being as far as our particular church is concerned. You know, back there in the children of Israel's day, as far as Elijah is concerned, there was famine. There was hunger. In fact, um, Ahab said to Obadiah, you better go out and see if you can find some water. Better find some grass because we don't want to kill our animals. Jezebel was out of control. She was killing the prophets. Notice the impact upon that as far as Obadiah is concerned in the first ten verses. He feared for his life. And yet he was able to have a vital witness to Ahab and also Elijah. But Ahab, of course, Obadiah, of course, was concerned about his own life as you look at verses 8 through 10 of the same chapter. Lots of heat. Lots of difficulty. And we say, well, that's history. That's the way back during the children of Israel's days. We are Americans. Look what's happened in our culture the last couple of weeks as it relates to pressures that we face. Ahab... In Israel, was determined to do what? Kill people. Take their lives. Because of whatever. The words of Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 17 and verse 1. How much different is it in our culture where we see so much death around us? In the subject of abortion. There's lots of death, lots of promotion of the same. And I wonder sometimes just how much better we are we when it comes to the whole issue of culture, the darkness of the same. I want you with me this morning. How many of us were in darkness and living in death before we met the Master? But because of God's still small voice, that vital relationship, that love for us first, was able to nurture us and help us to recognize our need to receive Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior. And as a result, we went from death to life. Now, is the darkness which we see in our world today, is it any different or any more extensive or any more complete than the darkness of our hearts before we receive Christ. But God in His sovereignty was able to nurture us to come to the reality of our need to receive Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior. God is sovereign. God took His time with us. Oh, but He was on an absolute trip for us 
He's brought us to Himself. And He's going to do the same for the whole world. Whether it's in missions, or whether it's in America, or even possibly in the ministries of the church. That's the environment that we're in. But God is in control. No difference between the darkness of our own soul and the darkness which we see in our culture. God's in control. He's able to bring light and life to this world. The life of Christ is eternal. We're His children forever. Someday we'll reign with Him. Some time back we were in Guinea in a service of about a church of 35 people. And my niece and nephew were pastoring this church from a missiological perspective. And they opened the service up that morning just to allow people to kind of testify and share the goodness of the Lord as far as uh, individuals were concerned. One man stood up and said these words to the congregation. I was asked this week, do you want a short sleeve or a long sleeve? Now, I'm sure few of you have any clue what I'm trying to say at this particular point. When the Liberian soldiers asked him that question, he also begged off and said, let me read these scriptures before you do that deed as far as my arms are concerned. And while he was reading the scripture, this was a testimony in that church that morning. I've, I spoke in the International Church in Conakry that evening. Sobering time. The Liberian army killed his dad and his brother. And they let him go. He was a believer. That's tough stuff. That's the world in which we live in. Kind of a moving service, I might add. Pretty challenging, of course. And kind of sat there as a pastor from America and saying, boy, I'm not sure I have enough depth as a pastor to deal with this kind of stuff. But then I come back to the point that we have that capability in our darkness. Now, are you still with me? Have I created an environment now this morning where we all can kind of fit into this whole thing as we look at 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 1 through 39? And I want to tell you that it's 20 minutes after 11, and I'm trying to blend three sermons into one. So I will finish at uh, 10 minutes after 1, so <laughs> sorry about your appetites and all that good stuff. And if you start hearing some rumbles in my stomach, well, it's because I've joined the party. So here we go. As we think of Elijah this morning, we think of him first in his private nurture of God. How did God nurture Elijah? In verse 2 of 1 Kings chapter 18, Elijah agreed to speak to the king. We all know what the king was about. We've already discussed that this morning. Elijah was no different here than what we see in verses 1 and 2 of 1 Kings chapter 17. He went out of obedience to speak to this wicked king. Nurture of God, spiritual formation issues always lead to obedience. Obedience is enough. 
when we're obedient to the Father with our emotions, with our Scripture reading and our prayers and our sense of well-being in our hearts and applying these principles to ourselves, that's enough. We can have ministry. And the ministry is all-encompassing. It brings life to the church. It brings life to family. It, it brings life to our culture. It brings life to elders. It brings life to families. It brings life to staff. It brings life to nurseries. As I mentioned in my prayer, life and fun to shuffleboard and all of these things. Obedience is all-encompassing. Mind, heart, and emotions. And out of that sense of obedience, when Elijah went to Ahab, there was an immediate conversation between these two. So we have in point number one, evidence to obey. And in point number two, we have boldness to rebuke in verse 18. Immediately, darkness, death, always points the finger. You troubler. But Elijah was able to come back out of that wonderful relationship between him and God. How God used his creation, water and meat, to preserve him physically. And also the nurturing of the Spirit. We have evidence of more of that as it relates to the conversations that took place between Obadiah and Elijah. <clears throat> Things were happening. Things were being discussed there. Obadiah told Elijah, other countries are even out to get you. They want your hide. But Elijah being nurtured of the Spirit from the Sovereign One, who's all-knowing, who's all-powerful, who's all-love, who delights in relationships with us, he was able to speak to Ahab and said, you're the one that's caused all this problem. You're the one that's forsaken God. You're the one that's leading these people astray. Now, friends, this morning, let's just think about this for a minute in terms of the relationship principle. The relationship conversationally, at least, between Elijah and Ahab. Because not long after this discussion took place, what happened here? Elijah said to Ahab, Get everybody together. All these prophets and so on. He summoned these people. That's point number three. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I realize that I've got to preach three sermons in one here, but I'm going to just take a minute here and, and discuss something. How good is it that we try to legislate morality? Versus Developing a vital relationship with people who are adversarial and promoting death. I want to remind us this morning. Are we listening? We were dead in trespasses and sin. But thanks be to God, by that marvelous light of His grace, he brought, He's brought us to where we are. None of us can date when God started to speak to us. That's how gracious Yet absolute, He is when it comes to nurturing us to sense our need to receive Christ. And He developed a relationship with us. And when we receive Christ as personal Lord and Savior, we just had the birth of that wonderful relationship with Christ. 
all instituted, all put into action because of God first loving us and also the nurturing work of the Spirit. The person and work of the Spirit. <clears throat> and I contend this morning, it's vital that we have relationships with darkness and let the Spirit of light and the person of Christ bear witness in that we can see some of these people respond to the claims of Christ. The granddaughter Roe versus Wade has become a believer. Relationships are so critical. I'm not too sure how much we accomplish by trying to legislate morality. Are you still with me? Do we recognize how strong relationships can be? What did God do in Genesis chapter 1? Made a helpmate for friend Eve and for friend Adam. They needed each other. Relationships. Relationships in the light of God's whole personality is able to superintend and give us the information necessary to reach people to the point, as Romans chapter 1 says, they too are without excuse. Because of the magnitude of God's grace and His truth, He's able to penetrate the very depths of man's soul, regardless of where he is. So here we have this relationship that existed between Elijah and Ahab. Now we get to 1 Kings 19, we will get into that whole area, and that's pretty discouraging as it relates to Elijah's ministry at that particular point. We'll get there. Think of the tremendous pressure on Ahab and so on with his wife Jezebel, killing all these people. Elijah was able to have a witness. The relationship was strong enough, as we see in the text, that um, Elijah told Ahab, let's, um, let's summon the people. And he got them all together. And they had their time. You know, just pray harder. You know, your God must be having a little bit of a sleep here. He, he, he must be really enjoying an ice cream cone out of McDonald's. That's Phillips. That's not in the script, of course. But, you know. But just kind of... And got these people to be honest in what they did in their death worship cutting themselves, blood flowed. And Elijah was strong enough as a young person to be able to absorb all of this pressure, darkness, difficulties, separations, fear of an Obadiah in terms of his own life. He's able to, in his maturity, because of God's presence with him in his private life, to say, I'll taunt you now for a while. Just go at this thing. Taunting, of course, means that we are true to our convictions. We do it in the fruit of the Spirit with all the grace that God will give to us. That's proper taunting. In other words, we stay on course for people to come to their sense of need to receive Christ as personal Lord and Savior. Elijah was mature enough as a young person to be able to do that and not in a way of trying to get his own way. 
Notice here in this text, of course, how Elijah put God to the test in verses 23 through 29. But notice how careful Elijah was in this process. He referred to the God of the twelve tribes of Israel. In some of the Hebrew language, of course, he also refers to the, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. In other words, God's nurture of Elijah in his private life gave to him the blessings that God gave to these people previous. No different in the life of the church today. How we are able to grow on other people because of their obedience and their commitment and loyalty to God. So he's able to bring out the resource of God's gentle spiritual work in these people by referring to how God has stayed with these people all of these years, but also how God has blessed them supernaturally in the past, the Dead Sea. And now Elijah was able to give forth that kind of a testimony of learning from God in his private life, but able to have this kind of ministry in his public ministry as well. A lot of handicap here. God, through Elijah, used the creation as a handicap. I mean, all the water. Water puts out fires. It makes it difficult for things to burn when everything's sopping wet. At least it is the areas that I grew up in Canada. When you get enough water, it's not going to burn very well. Even if I was a Boy Scout, it never was, of course. But the evidence of Elijah in life in nurture of the Spirit, was able to allow God to display enough supernatural to help these people to recognize that Jehovah, He is God. Risk. Living by faith. Living in obedience. But knowing with confidence how God has nurtured him through his private experience and also what, took, what happened to him when he raised the boy from the dead last Sunday. God's abiding presence that stays with us not only as far as our private is concerned, but we have the dual of that as it relates to how we perform publicly because God in our public ministries is still nurturing us privately. Amen? So as a result of Elijah's deep personal prayer life, what he experienced in his private life, he prayed that same prayer to be a blessing and to be a reality, to be a life in this culture as far as his prayers were concerned. And what happened? Verse 39. He brought others to confession. Jehovah's God. Isaac's God. He's God. And the way it goes. Now, friends, this morning... I want to ask us some questions. This is a wonderful church. It's, it's, it's really a privilege to be a part of this ministry for these months. I hope you're putting up with me. You know. You know, I said in the first service, um, talking about age and so on and so forth, and I kind of kidded my wife a little bit, you know. My wife's a real sweetie. But she's eight months older than I am. 
And we've had that little joke going on now for 42 years, and it just makes her look more pretty all the time. We have to endure. But what about our relationships? What about our turf wars? What about our music issues, if they are here? Creation. Who created the people who wrote hymns and all these types of situations? God. Who created people to think in terms of drums, choruses, and all of these things? God. So when we get into this, what are we really doing? As far as our relationships with God, relationships with each other are concerned, we're not very honoring. Now, as I think of music, and I, I really shouldn't talk about music because I, I have about as much music talent you can put on top of a pinhead. Um, and that's the truth. My wife was here. She would say, yeah, Dave, you're just right on. That's a, that's a truthful statement. But I have around me some three or four Ph.D. musicians who lead worship in churches. One guy leads a church worship in six or 8,000 people. The maturity of these people are saying this. We use all of God's creation. We meet people's needs. We avoid these kinds of turf wars. What would have happened, ladies and gentlemen, if Elijah said, well, I'm not really sure I can deal with Jezebel. I don't like the way she annihilates people. But God's relationship with him was able to superintend that issue. And these people also, as the text says, observe God. So how is it? What's it going to be like when you get your new lead pastor? Aren't you fortunate that I'm going to be gone in about six months to a year? I mean, isn't, isn't that just wonderful? No. I can have fun with this. But you have a new pastor that's coming in. Who knows from where? And you are determined to have a pastor of long-term experience, long-term ministry here. This is why this church is so good in many ways, is because you've had long-term pastors. But how are you going to put up with this guy who gets a little cranky like I am? See, differences of personalities. He's God's creation. He's going to be different. Thank God. Wasn't to be so, you still have Rick. Wouldn't he have a great ministry amongst us? How are we doing with those relationships? Elijah had a great relationship with Ahab. Darkness versus light. God was honored. He's sovereign. Amen? Do we want that as a testimony in this community? Light versus darkness? Getting away from this stuff? Amen. Where is the song? There, Janet Lee, this place.